Chapter Eight of the Diamond Pin by Carolyn Wells. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Eight. Rodney Pollock appears. The shock of Bannard's arrest caused the complete collapse of Iris. Miss Darrell put the girl to bed and sent for Doctor Little he prescribed only rest and quiet and ordinary care saying that a nurse was unnecessary as iris's physical health was unaffected and he knew her well enough to feel sure that she would recuperate quickly and she did a day or two later she was herself again and ready to follow up her determination to avenge the death of ursula pell it's too absurd to suspect win she said to the bowens who called often that boy is no more guilty than i am of course he wasn't up here last sunday but no one will believe in his innocence until the real murderer is found and i am going to find him and find the jewels and solve the whole mystery there there iris miss darrell said soothingly for she thought the girl still hysterical don't think about those things now not think about them cried iris why what else can i think of i've thought of nothing else for the whole week it's saturday now and in six days we've done nothing positively nothing toward finding the criminal perhaps it would be better not to try suggested mr bowen gently you say that because you believe win guilty iris shot at him i know he wasn't you don't think he was do you mrs bowen i scarcely know what to think iris it is all so mysterious even if winston did commit the crime how did he get out of the room that's a secondary consideration i don't think so put in the rector i think that's the first thing to be decided knowing that one could speculate iris turned away wearily though fond of the gentle little mrs bowen she had never liked the pompous and self-important clergyman and she rose now to greet someone who appeared at the outer door it was roger downing who always devoted to iris was now striving to earn her gratitude by showing his willingness to be of help in any way he might he came every day and though iris was careful not to encourage him she eagerly wanted to know just what he knew about bannard's presence at pelbrook on the day of the tragedy it's this way downing expressed it wynne was certainly up here last sunday for i saw him now iris if you want me to say i was mistaken as to his identity i'll say it but i wasn't you mean sir you would tell an untruth said mr bowen severely i mean just that averred downing i care far more for miss clyde and her wishes than i do for the goddess of truth i'm sorry if i shock you sir but that is the fact mr bowen indeed looked shocked but iris said emphatically you were mistaken roger you must have been very well then i was he returned but every one knew he was purposely making a misstatement where was he said iris altogether illogically in the woods near the orchard fence sunday afternoon no not afternoon i'm not just sure of the time but it was about noon i was taking a long walk i'd been nearly to felton falls and was coming home for dinner i only caught a glimpse of him and i didn't think anything about it until until he said he hadn't been out of new york city on sunday then if you only caught a glimpse iris said quickly it may easily have been someone else and it doubtless was shall i say so or do you want the truth iris dropped her eyes and said nothing 
but mr bowen spoke up severely cease that nonsense roger tell what you saw and tell it frankly the truth must be told it's better to tell it anyway declared lucille darrell truth can't harm the innocent but it seems to me mr downing may be mistaken no i'm not mistaken why he wore that grey suit with a norfolk jacket that i've seen him wear before this summer and he had on a light grey tie with a ruby stick-pin the sun happened to hit the stone and i saw it gleam you know that pin iris iris knew it only too well and she knew moreover that when wynne came up sunday evening he wore that same suit and the same scarf and pin he had gone back to town the next day for other clothing but when he had rushed to berrien in response to iris's summons he had not stopped to change and yet she was not ready quite to believe downing's story suppose in enmity to win he had made all this up he might easily describe clothing that he knew winston possessed without having seen him as he said he had iris looked down at downing so earnestly that he quailed before her glance i don't believe your story at all she said you are making it up because you hate wynne and it's absurd on the face of it if wynne came up here on sunday at noon he would come in for dinner of course not if he came with sinister intent interrupted downing i don't believe it you have made up that whole yarn and let me tell you you didn't do it very cleverly either why didn't you say you saw him in the afternoon it would have been more convincing and quite as true i wasn't near here myself in the afternoon but i did pass here just before twelve and i did see him downing's voice had a ring of truth however after this i shall say i did not see him i know you prefer that i should he looked straight at iris and ignored mr bowen's pained exclamation say whatever you like it doesn't matter to me the girl returned haughtily it does matter to you and to win so i shall say i was mistaken and i did not see winston bannard on sunday i shall expect you mr bowen and you ladies not to report this conversation to the police if you are questioned concerning it you must say what you choose but you will not be questioned unless someone now present tattles later that day iris had another caller he sent up no card but agnes told her that a mr pollock wished to see her don't go down if you don't want to urged lucile i'll see what he wants but miss darrell's presence was not satisfactory to the stranger he insisted on seeing miss clyde so iris came down to find a man of pleasant manner and correct demeanour who greeted her with dignity i ask but a few moments of your time miss clyde i am rodney pollock home chicago business hardware but as a recreation i am a collector and you are interested in my late aunt's curios suggested iris i am sorry to disappoint you but they are not available for sale yet and indeed i doubt if they ever will be don't go too fast mr pollock smiled a little my collection is not of rare bibelots or valuable curios perhaps i'd better confide that i'm an eccentric i gather things that while of no real use to others interest me now what i want from you and i am willing to pay a price for it is the ten-cent piece and the pin your aunt left to you in her will what and iris stared at him i told you i was eccentric he said quietly more i am a monomaniac perhaps 
but also i am a philosopher and know that as old dr coates said if you want to be happy make a collection so i collect trifles that valueless in themselves have a dramatic or historic interest and i wish he beamed with pride you could see my treasures why i have a pencil that president garfield carried in his pocket the day he was shot and i have a shoelace that belonged to charlie ross and what very strange things to collect yes they are but they interest me my business hardware is prosaic and having an imaginative nature i let my fancy stray to these tragic mementos of crime or disaster i have a menu card from the lusitania and a piece of queerly twisted glass from the big tom explosion i look reverently upon the relics of sad disasters and i value my collection as a numismatist his coins or an art collector his pictures but it seems so absurd to ask for a common pin it may but i would greatly like to have it you see it was an unusual gift you didn't care for it in fact i have heard you indignantly spurned it i did they say you expected a diamond pin and your aunt left you a dime and pin is that so that is so pardon my smiling but i think it's the funniest thing i ever heard and i would greatly like to have that pin and that dime i'm sorry to say it's impossible as i flung them away and i've no idea where they landed if you had them would you sell them to me i'd give them to you if i had them why it was merely an ordinary dime not an old or rare coin and the pin was a common one yes i know that but the idea you see the strange bequest oh i greatly desire to have one or the other of those two things can't we find them where did you throw them the dime i remember throwing out of the window it must have fallen in the grass you never could find that the pin i tossed on the floor i think has the room been swept since no it has not it should have been but we have been so upset in the house i quite understand i have a home and family and i know what housekeeping means however since the room has not been swept may i look around a bit in it it is this room the room we are in i sat right here when i opened the box i threw the dime out of that window and i flung the pin over that way i confessed to a quick temper and i was decidedly indignant let us look for the pin and if we find it you may have it iris was pleasantly impressed by mr pollock's manner and set him down in her mind as a ridiculous but good-natured lunatic not really insane of course but a little hipped on the subject of mementos at her permission her visitor fell on his hands and knees and went quickly over the floor of the whole room iris with difficulty restrained her laughter at the nimble figure hopping about like a frog and peering into corners and under the furniture she looked about also but from the more dignified position of standing or sitting on a chair or footstool the search grew interesting and at last they considered it completed their joint result was four pins and a needle mr pollock presented a chagrined face it may be any one of these he said ruefully looking at the four pins that's true iris agreed but you may have them all if you wish can't you judge which it is see this one is extra large then that's not it i know it was of ordinary size i scarcely looked at it but i know that 
nor was it this crooked one it was straight i'm sure but it may easily have been either of these other two suppose i take these two then and put them in my collection with the surety that one or other is the identical pin do so if you like and iris gave him a humouring smile now do you care to hunt for the dime if you do there's the lawn but i won't help you the sun is too warm i think i won't hunt or if i do it will be only a little i have the spin and that is sufficient for a memento of this case i am on my way to a house in vermont where i hope to get a button that figured in a sensational tragedy up there i thank you for being so kind and i would greatly prefer to pay you for this pin i am not a poor man nonsense i couldn't take money for a pin you're more than welcome to it and one of those two must be the one for i'm sure there's no other pin on this floor i'm sure of that too i looked most carefully good-bye miss clyde and accept the gratitude of a man who has a foolish but innocent fad iris bowed a farewell at the front door and returned to the living-room smiling at the funny adventure almost involuntarily she began to look over the floor again searching for pins have you lost anything asked agnes coming by no i've been looking for a pin want one miss iris here's one no i don't want a pin i mean i don't want a pin iris concluded her sentence rather lamely for she had been half inclined to tell agnes the story of her visitor when something restrained her perhaps it was agnes's expression for the maid said were you looking for the pin mrs pell left you yes i was said iris astonished at the query i have it agnes went on i picked it up the day you threw it away for gracious sake why did you do that because that's a lucky pin miss iris your aunt had that pin for years i know it it's been years in that box mr chapin held for me but before that when i first came to live with mrs pell she always wore a pin stuck in the front of her dress once i took it out it looked so silly you know she blew me up terribly and said if i ever disturbed her things again she'd discharge me and i gave it back to her i had stuck it in my own dress and she wore it for a short time more and then she didn't wear it even then i wouldn't have thought anything much about it but a maid who lived here before i did said she lost a pin once that had been in the waist of mrs pell's gown and they had an awful time about it did they find it i don't know i think not i think she took another pin for a luck why polly knew about it she said when she heard what mrs pell had left to you that it might be the lucky pin oh what foolishness well agnes have you really got the pin that aunt ursula left to me yes ma'am as soon as i saw you throw it away i watched my chance to go and pick it up before polly could get it do you want to keep it not if you want it miss iris if not i'd like to have it i suppose it's superstitious but it seems lucky to me go and get it agnes and let me see it but the maid returned without the pin i can't find it miss iris i put it on the under side of my own pincushion and there's none there now i asked polly and she said she didn't touch it where could it have gone you used it unthinkingly it doesn't matter there's no such thing as a lucky pin agnes you can just as well take any other pin out of aunt ursula's cushion take one if you like and call that your luck 
don't be a silly iris smiled to think that neither of the pins her strange visitor carried off with him was the right one after all but she thought it makes no difference anyway as he thinks he has it he's sure it's one of the two he has if there were three uncertain ones it would be too complicated let the poor man rest satisfied i wonder if he found the dime but looking from the window she could see no sign of her late caller and she dismissed the subject from her mind at once yet she had not heard the last of it in the evening mail a letter came for her it was in an unfamiliar handwriting and was written on a single plain sheet of paper the note ran miss clyde dear madam i will pay you one hundred dollars for the pin left to you by your aunt please make every effort to find it and lay it on the south gate-post to-night at ten o'clock don't let anybody see you you will receive the money to-morrow by registered mail no harm is meant but i want to get ahead of that other man who is making a collection put it in a box and be sly about it i'll get it all right you don't know me but i would scorn to write an anonymous letter and i willingly sign my name ashton that evening iris told lucille about it what awful rubbish commented that lady but i know people who make just such foolish collections one friend of mine collects buttons from her friend's dresses why i'm afraid to go there with a gown trimmed with fancy buttons she rips them off when you're not looking it's really a mania with her now two men after your pin have you got it i'd sell it for a hundred dollars if i were you and that man will pay those collectors are generally honest no i haven't it and iris proceeded to tell of agnes's connection with the matter hm a luck i've heard of them too sometimes they're worth keeping oh no i'm not really superstitious but an old luck is greatly to be reverenced if nothing more if that pin was ursula's luck you ought to keep it my dear but i haven't it if it is a luck and if its possession would help me would help me to free win i'd like to see the collector that could get it away from me oh it mightn't be so potent as all that but after all a luck is a luck and i'd be careful how i let one get away but it has got away and too i let friend pollock go off with the idea that he had it now if i were to let somebody else take it mr pollock would have good reason to chide me but how did this other man know about it i've no idea unless he and pollock are friends and compare notes but how did what's his name ashton know it was lost that's so how did he it's very mysterious what shall i do nothing at all you can't put it on the gate-post if you don't know where it is but i'd certainly try to find it ask polly what she knows about it i will to-morrow she's gone to bed by now poor old thing she works pretty hard i know it i'll be glad when i get a whole staff of new servants but i'll wait till this excitement is over that was miss darrell's attitude she had received her inheritance and selfishly took little interest in that of the other heirs End of chapter eight